0: You, I think you guys are gonna like this book because it might have some big hills. Actually, I don't know if it has big hills, but I think there's some some stuff about presents in it. In fact, the whole book is about a special, really special present. You guys wanna hear it? Okay. Snowflakes swirled through the air as Sam and his mom stopped to look in the toy store window. With Christmas only a few weeks away, Sam needed to make his Christmas list. He tugged on his mom's sleeve and pointed to the train. He loved the shiny red engine. You guys like trains? Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, me.
0: (laughs) All right, later, as Sam and his mom curled up on the couch to read a Christmas book, something sparkly on the mantle caught his eye. Mom, is that a present for me, he asked. Sam's mom tousled his hair. It's a special gift called a sparkle box. We'll open it together later, but we need to fill it first. Sam was excited, but it was hard to wait. Oh, do you guys have a hard time waiting for your presents? Yeah. It's my birthday
1: soon and I'm
0: really excited. Oh. (laughs) While driving home from school the next day, Sam's mom stopped at a building he had never been to before. She asked him to help her carry in some food and blankets. Sam peeked into the bag he was carrying and noticed a box of macaroni and cheese. His favorite! What are we doing with this stuff, Mom? She smiled and said, We're giving it to people who don't have enough food to eat or blankets to keep them warm. But inside the building, Sam didn't see anyone who looked cold or hungry, just a nice lady with a big smile who thanked them. Hmm. What do you guys think about that? Hmm. On the way home, they drove by the park. It was dusk and... The pretty Christmas lights had just come on. As they stopped at a traffic light, Sam noticed someone on a bench, curled up and sleeping. His mother noticed too. That's someone who may get one of our blankets, she said softly. He doesn't have anywhere to live. Sam felt bad. It would be sad not to have a home to live in, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be sad? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Sam hung up his coat. It was good to be home. As he sat at the kitchen table to have a snack, he noticed a sparkle box gleaming on the mantel. Mom, did you put anything in the sparkle box yet? He asked shyly. Well, actually I did put something in it today, she answered. But it's still not ready to be opened. We need to add a couple more things to it. Sam wondered what was inside. Do you guys think you know what's inside yet? really. No. Oh, that's a good guess. Let's see. Food. The days flew by and soon it was time for one of Sam's favorite events, the Christmas party at his dad's office. There was always lots of delicious food and a present for every child at the party. Sam's dad thanked everyone for coming. He talked about how blessed they were when many people in the world struggled for something as simple as clean water to drink. He said a village in Africa will receive a special gift this year thanks to money donated by the employees and their families. The gift was a well that would provide clean water for the entire village. Sam asked his mom if his family helped. Yes, dear, we did. She looked around. The grown ups were smiling, but he saw tears too. Happy tears, mom whispered. Mm. As his dad tucked him into bed that night, Sam thought about his Christmas list, and that reminded him of another present. Daddy, will you and mom fill up the sparkle box yet? Sam asked, "Well, we did add something to it tonight, but it's still not ready to be opened." Right, right. Sam drifted to sleep, imagining what could be inside. Do you guys think you know what it is yet?
1: No. Oh. Macaroni.
0: You still think macaroni? Uh-huh. I think Don't you. Think a bunch I of think you might be right, Quinn. I a few days I'm later, Sam me. was filled with excitement as he shopped with his mom. Tomorrow was his school's. There was a Christmas tree called a mitten tree where kids could hang mittens, hats and scarves for people who needed them. Sam picked out the best pair of mittens he could find. He also bought a candy bar for himself with his own money. When he turned to leave, Sam heard the tinkling of bells. He looked up and saw a man from the park bench coming in the door. The man seemed tired. Sam looked at the candy bar in his hand and thought about the mittens in his bag. He looked at the man's hands and they looked cold. Sam's heart began to pound. As quick as a wink, Sam slipped his candy bar into the bag with the mittens and pressed the bag into the man's hands. Sam ran out the door shouting, Merry Christmas. His mom gave him a hug. I'm proud of you, she whispered. I know that wasn't easy, but you brought a little light into his world tonight. Was that nice? Yeah. Yeah, that was really nice. Sam asked his mom if they could drive by the park. As he watched the flame on the giant candle blink on and off, he thought about how unfair it was that some people didn't have a home to live in or food to eat. Soon, it was Christmas Eve, the most special night of the year. Sam and his family gathered at their church for the Christmas Eve service. They sang songs and listened to the story of the first Christmas. Then in the darkened sanctuary, a single candle was lit. That candle was used to light other candles and soon everyone was carefully passing the flame from one person to the next until the whole room was filled with a magical light. Sam looked around. How lovely, how peaceful they all looked as they shared the light. Ooh, that's pretty, isn't it? Yeah. On Christmas morning, Sam ran down the stairs as fast as he could. Under the tree was a train with a shiny red engine. And what was that? The sparkle box. Sam could hardly wait to open it. What do you think is in it?
1: Macaroni. (laughs) Yeah, oh! Quinn, you think?
0: I'm going to. Oh, he sat on his mom's lap with his dad snuggled in close. Sam slowly lifted the lid on the box. Inside, there were just a few pieces of paper with words written on them. Puzzled, he took out the papers and began to read the words out loud. Mittens and a candy bar given to someone in need. Hmm. Warm blankets and food for the homeless. A well in Africa that will provide clean drinking water. Sam's mom explained, Sam, the sparkle box is our gift to Jesus on Christmas day. His birthday. He was confused, but we didn't give Jesus a gift. We gave things to people who needed them. His mom smiled, you're right. And no gift could make Jesus happier. He taught us that whatever we do for people in need, we do for him. So each year we'll think of some special gifts to give Jesus. We'll write down these gifts and put them in the sparkle box. On Christmas morning, we'll open the box and read out loud the gifts that were given in honor of his birthday. Sam thought about the man curled up on the park bench, the mittens and the soft blanket, the well that would bring clean water to the village in Africa. He looked at his mom and smiled through tears. Happy tears, Sam whispered. The end. What'd you guys think? Good. It was good? It was good? Mm-hmm. Did you like that story? Yeah. Are you sad that there wasn't macaroni in the box? no 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 well no. it was even better because it was awesome things they did for people who needed it and that's what jesus wants us to do right yeah. be nice to other people are you guys nice to other people yeah that's awesome well thanks for sharing this story with me did you guys have fun yeah let's do this again sometime okay yeah okay awesome thank you friends
1: Laura Hamilton is so talented. She can't say the word mihens, but anyway, I. uh... (laughs) my name is David Vaughn. Welcome. If you're here in person or online, we love it that you're here. This is the last week of our series, Sparkle, but God forbid, not the last time that you and I will be the like. For the last four weeks, we've been using this little book, The Sparkle Box, as a way to be much more intentional about how we care for the last and the least of these. Our goal is to let our light shine we're inventing ways to sparkle. And it kind of feels a little redundant with that book, but uh, for everyone watching, this is somebody's first week. But that redundancy helps get your mind trained to sparkle, to look for opportunities. And each week, so many of, uh, of you have reached out to us here at church to share your stories of how God has been using that little book to have a huge impact on life in your family and in and out of the church. It's been truly overwhelming to watch how such a simple book has had such a profound effect and impact on our church family. You know, I was thinking this week in the life of Jesus and the concept that he borrowed a lot of stuff. Jesus borrowed many things in his life that he sparkled from and with. I mean, think about it. He borrowed a place to be born, a manger. He borrowed a lunch that he uh, ate well as the others and helped multiply so others could eat and sparkled there. He borrowed money to pay his taxes, when you like to be able to do that. They got it out of a fish's mouth, by the way. He borrowed a donkey to ride on. He even borrowed a tomb for his burial. And today I want to show you that Jesus even had to borrow a dad for a while an earthly father by the name of Joseph who, along with Mary, were some people who sparkled greatly for Jesus. In fact, they cared for Jesus his entire life, and they served him in ways that I hope will inspire us to serve. So today I'd like to talk about Mary and Joseph, not only from the Christmas story, Mary and Joseph, but I want to talk about how they sparkled for Jesus throughout his entire life. It is my hope that today— Mary and Joseph will inspire you and I to do the same kind of sparkling. When you think about it, parents are responsible for providing four basic things for their kids. Anybody here that's a parent can relate to that. Physical safety, we want to keep them safe. Emotional stability, educational growth, and spiritual growth and values. Physical safety, emotional stability, educational and spiritual growth. These are the things that you are providing, by the way, when you do something that goes in your sparkle box. You're providing for people in and outside of the church, physical needs, emotional needs, educational needs, spiritual needs. But if you study closely the life of Joseph and Mary, you will see that they provided all four of these and so much more for Jesus. First of all, I noticed that uh, Joseph and Mary... Jerry would be good too. Joseph and Mary sparkled and loved Jesus at his conception. Even before Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph were looking forward to sparkling with and for him. You're familiar with the story, I think, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, a relative of Mary, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town in Galilee. Now when God dispensed Gabriel, dispatched Gabriel, it's a big deal. There's only Gabriel was one of only two archangels or chief angels, the other being Michael. And it's a big momentous deal if an archangel gets sent your way. He sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So those are our couple, Mary and Joseph. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. That's the word Emmanuel, the words we just sang, God with us. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words. You would be too. And wonder what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you were to call him Jesus. He'll be great, be called the son of the most high, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom, our kingdoms down here will always have an end, but his kingdom will never end. Mary and Joseph too got some huge exciting news delivered by angels because of this special child and they love Jesus. I'm thinking about all of the scriptures that talk about the people that helped Jesus, but Mary and Joseph loved Jesus enough to say, yes, we accept this huge challenge. We will do it. Even though it was tough, they said, we're all in. Now, raising a child, raising a kid is tough in any circumstance. It may imagine raising someone you knew to be God, it's already a lot of pressure on a parent. Think about raising God. But they said, we're all in. Let me ask you a question. Do you love Jesus that much to take on a tough assignment? Will you sparkle for Jesus even when it's risky, when there's a price tag, when it doesn't make human sense, when it hasn't been done before, when others surely won't understand and talk about you? This idea of submission Submission is a thread that runs deep through the tapestry of the Christmas story. Everyone submitted, even Jesus, to his heavenly Father. And even though Mary and Joseph had never seen the child, from the angelic announcements on, they began to develop this devotion and affection for this child in Mary's womb and prepared from conception, prepared for Jesus' arrival. Now, most first time parents. And we've got some first-time parents here. Some of us remember what it's like when we're first-time parents. Some of you are trying to be first-time parents this year. First-time parents think that they are ready for that arrival of their little bundle of joy. But you know what? You're not. To help you today, uh, someone sent me a test to know if you're ready to have children. You ready? The first one is the toy test. You might want to take notes. Obtain a giant box of Lego parts... If Lego is not available, you may substitute thumbtacks or broken bottles. (laughs) Have friends spread them out all over your household floor. Put on a blindfold. Try to walk to the bathroom or kitchen. Do not scream. This could wake the child at night. Then the grocery store test. Borrow one or two small animals. Goats are best. And take them with you as you shop at the grocery store. Always keep them in sight and pay for anything they eat or damage. (laughs) Then there is a physical test, one for women and a physical test for men. First of all, the physical test for women. Obtain a large bean bag chair and attach it to the front of your body. (laughs) Leave it there for nine months. Now remove 10 of the beans. (laughs) Oh, oh, I know I'm going to get an email about that. Sorry online. Physical test for the man. Go to the nearest pharmacy. Set your wallet on the counter. Ask the pharmacist to help himself. <laughs> now proceed to the nearest food store. Go to the head office and arrange for your salary to be direct deposited to the store. Purchase a newspaper. Go home and read it quietly for the last time. But I mean, most parents think, don't they, that, we, oh, we're ready for We're ready to be a parent. We know what we're doing. And I bet Joseph and Mary, they thought they were ready, but nothing could have prepared them for what was going to come into their life and into their heart and into their home. But Mary and Joseph, although they probably didn't feel ready, they loved Jesus from conception on. Mary, like all first-time moms, felt the child move, probably let her husband Joseph feel the baby Jesus kick they sacrifice for that baby, they pray for that baby, they prepare for that baby, they love that baby. One person said, Mary felt Jesus in her womb, and then she loved him in her heart. From conception on, Mary and Joseph, they just sparkled for Jesus. And then we see that Joseph and Mary then sparkled and loved Jesus at his birth. This is the familiar Christmas scene and story that many of you know from Luke chapter 2 verse 4. Also, Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. It's time Paul says later, when the fullness of time had come, when everything was right for this child to show up, the baby was born, and she gave birth to a firstborn, a son, she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. All kinds of amazing, miraculous things happen when the nativity is set up correctly. I heard about a minister who had a life-size manger scene outside his church. It was carved out of exotic wood, very, very expensive. It was Christmas Day, and he went to the church to prepare for the service, and he noticed that the baby Jesus was missing out of the manger in the nativity. So he called the police. The police were there filling out a theft report, and suddenly a little boy came walking up, pulling a little red wagon. He pulled the wagon up to the nativity, took the baby Jesus out of it, put baby Jesus back in the manger. Oh, the pastor immediately began chastising the little boy for stealing the baby Jesus. And the little boy looked up and said, I didn't steal Jesus. I prayed to Jesus for a new wagon for Christmas. And I promised him if I got it, he would be the first to get a ride. Jesus was not the first to get a ride here. He was the first to be born, though, and Mary and Joseph got to see Jesus incarnate, the prophecies that for thousands of years, the person they had been looking for, they got to see that blessed and holy night. And the night that Jesus was born in the real manger, the real nativity, he was welcomed, he was held, he was sparkled on and loved by Joseph and Mary. They probably kissed him on that little soft part of his skull like new parents do, probably could not hold back the tears. I'm sure they reached their fingers down and he clasped those with his little tiny fingers and they looked up to God And they thank God for those miraculous stars they saw in the heavens. Now think about this. This is just profoundly true. When Jesus first opened his eyes as a baby and looked up at the stars, he was looking at the stars that he himself made. How profound is the birth of Jesus Christ? And at this point in history, The human beings who best understand what God is up to, who God is and what he is doing, is a small teenage girl and her husband in a smelly stable. It was indeed a strange way to save the world. It was a silent and a holy night. Think about it. Compared to our birthing standards, No sanitary birthing center with nurses and hospital equipment on call. They were in Bethlehem, a strange town, when those labor pains started. She was far from her mother, her doctor, if Mary even had one, a midwife. But she had Joseph, and she had to trust him to help with the delivery. Now, can I just be honest? Women know this. Most guys are not that helpful in the delivery room most of the time. They're too busy watching Sports Center. But anyway... (laughs) And I'm sure Joseph did the best he could, and Mary remembered that sparkling night. Luke chapter 2 verse 19 says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them, pondered them, rehearsed them in her heart. She didn't have a cell phone to record it all, but she had a memory, and like any other loving mother, she treasured up these things because she would need them later. Luke tells us what they did next. Mary and Joseph took the baby Jesus to the temple when Jesus was just a little over a month old and they met there in the temple this aging righteous prophet by the name of Simeon who asked if he could hold the child. Simeon had been promised by God that he would not see death until his eyes saw the Messiah. Now if you're a new parent, aren't you a little reluctant as a new parent, to let somebody strange hold your baby? Yeah. But this is a prophet, and they gave the baby to Simeon. And Simeon, they just exploded in this prayer. For he recognized the sparkling that was going on. He said, God, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And that made them love Jesus even more. Parents love to hear great things said about their child, don't they? I mean, my parents, gosh, they were never worried when the school called and talked about me. They just knew they were going to hear something good. You don't know me that well. Even Mary and Joseph wanted and needed to hear good things about their son. Well, Simeon indeed had some good things to say, but notice what else Simeon said. It was a prophecy coupled with a warning. He said, this child, Jesus, is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. Now, here's what he said. And a sword will pierce your own soul too, Mary. A sword will pierce your soul. And I bet Mary and Joseph must have worried about what that meant. But 33 years later, when Jesus was on the cross, she would know. And from that point on, Joseph and Mary did their best to protect Jesus from that sword. They sparkled in that little baby's life. When Herod was searching to kill him, Joseph and Mary shuttled, shuttled him away to Egypt, probably with the money from the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. Then they brought him to Nazareth where he grew up in favor with God and men. Oh, how they loved Jesus. Could I ask you a question as you sparkle? Do you love Jesus enough to protect him? and defend him when others talk about him? When others in society, maybe your own family this Christmas, put Jesus down or take his name in vain, or worse yet, run down his bride, the church that he bought with his own blood, will you stand up for Jesus? Will you defend Jesus? You know what? You wouldn't let anybody talk about your mama that way. So I guess when you love Jesus as much as your mama, you'll start sparkling in your own life. Jesus, by the way, will speak up for you before God if you'll speak up for him before men. Do some sparkling for Jesus this year. Mary and Joseph did. They sparkled at his conception. They sparkled at his birth. And then notice Mary sparkled and loved Jesus as he began his ministry too. By the time that Jesus launched his ministry at age 30, Joseph is not on the scene anymore. Most scholars think that he died. So now we have a single mom, Mary, with multiple children, and now she is holding Jesus and raising Jesus, but she's loving Jesus by releasing him to be about his true father's business. It was Stephen Covey that said there are only two lasting bequests that we can give our children. One is roots, the other is wings, roots and wings. Have them deep, but let them go. And in John chapter 2, it tells about the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And ironically, the very first miracle he did, his mama was there. I love this. Look in John chapter 2. I won't read the whole thing. But Jesus shows up at, at a social event. It's a wedding. It says, on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. And who was there? Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. I tell couples that are getting married. Here's a great principle. You're getting married this year online. You're watching or in the room. Here's the principle. When you have a wedding, make sure Jesus shows up. All right? Everything happens better in a marriage when Jesus shows up. When the wine was gone at this wedding, that's a big deal. Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman. Why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. Can I just stop right here? If I would have called my mama woman, <laughs> oh Lord, there'd have been something bad happening in that room. If Jesus doesn't mean it as a, time, as a sign of disrespect or derision. It's just what they called females back then. Woman though, mom, why do you get me involved? I'm not ready. My hour has not yet come. But his mother said to the servants, Moms, don't take no for answers. Notice what she says. Do whatever he tells you. Oh, man. Notice the faith she has in her boy. Do whatever he tells you. Could I just say this? That's a good axiom for all of you today to act on. Do whatever he tells you to do. do, It'll always go well. When Jesus prompts you to sparkle for him, and do you have an opportunity to put something in that spark? Just do whatever he tells you to do. And the rest of the story is that he did change the water. wine. In fact, in their day, they brought out the heavy liquor, the good liquor first. And then when people got drunk, they would notice that the wine at the end of the party was not so good. It was watered down. But Jesus flipped that. He always takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. And he made the best vintage and he provided the best wine at the last. I love this about Jesus. Whatever he touches, it's got to be excellent. It's got to be good. This is no Boone's Farm wine. I know some of y'all. I know my flock well. Some of y'all had a little bit too much of that. This is some good stuff. And notice then at the end, verse 12, after this, after he did this first miracle to start his ministry, he went down to, to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and there they stayed for a few days. I love this about Jesus. Mary here, right here, is sparkling at his conception She sparkled at his birth, and now Mary is sparkling at the beginning of his ministry. She's helping him shine. Mary probably got accustomed to going to Jesus whenever there was any kind of trouble. Can't you just hear Mary bragging to her other female friends, my son Jesus, my boy Jesus, oh, he can do anything. He can handle any problem. That wine, no biggie, no problem. My son will fix this. Do whatever he tells you to do. And Jesus turns water into wine, his very first public miracle. And I know Mary loved watching Jesus work. Here's how I know it, because I love to watch him work now. I'm not even his mom, but I love it when you sparkle to watch Jesus sparkle through you. But Mary depended upon Jesus to handle her trouble. Could I just say this to you? He can handle any trouble you are in right now, most of the time. God loves to do the miraculous. Don't impose on him to have to do the miraculous all the time. I heard about a policeman who spotted a car one Christmas Eve driving erratically and he pulled the person over suspecting that the driver was drinking after a Christmas Eve party. Rolled down the window, the policeman said to the guy, what's in that jar? And the guy said, it's a jar of water. He said, can I see that jar of water? And the policeman took it and took the top off and sniffed it. And he said, you know, this doesn't smell like water. This smells like wine. Praise God, the driver said. Jesus did that miracle again. (laughs) Well, don't make Jesus have to do the miraculous when you sparkle. I love this. Mary loved and sparkled for Jesus at his conception, his birth, his ministry. And then last, I want to show you one other thing. The Bible says that Mary also sparkled, also loved Jesus at his crucifixion. There is a verse here in John 19, 25, that whenever, and because my mom's in heaven now, when, whenever I read it, it just brings up this emotion in, to me of how wonderful mom, moms are. It says, near the cross of Jesus, near, stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary of Magdalene. Now, that's a lot of Marys. Mary, a common name back then. But Mary, his mom, could not rip herself away from the crucifixion on Golgotha of her son. And you know that crucifixion just had to rip her heart apart emotionally. Friends probably said to her, Mary, don't go. You don't need to see that. But love compelled her to be there. And I think Jesus needed her to be there. He needed someone by his side who loved him, someone who loved him his whole life, who was that someone who's near the cross even then. Conception, birth, ministry, crucifixion, it's his mom. Oh, she's sparkling even at the foot of the cross. And those nails, those lashes, those thorns, those gloating enemies tore Jesus apart and tore her heart apart. Those of you who are parents, you can relate to this. When your kids have pain, you have pain. You would rather get COVID yourself than see your kids get COVID. And they're standing at the foot of the cross. I bet Mary remembered the words of Simeon 33 years earlier. A sword will pierce your soul, Mary. And perhaps like Mary, like Jesus, Mary probably cried out just like Jesus did. My God, why have you forsaken me? You know, Christmas, for some of you watching online and in this room and some friends and family of ours, this Christmas is not a time of celebration. It's a time of heartbreak, of heartache, of pain. We've got friends and family who might be saying, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you, sparkling as a Jesus follower, shedding light, can help that heartache and that heartbreak. Maybe there's a single widow. Maybe there's a single mom that you can help and sparkle for this year. And then on the cross, Jesus, the lamb, her lamb, died. And the enemies cheered, the disciples fled, the soldiers cleaned it all up. But Sunday was coming. Resurrection day was coming. Oh, there was one more move yet to be made, one more light left to be turned on, one more way to sparkle. And the whole biography of Mary and Joseph might actually be a rather sad one. If it were not for this one other verse, we find in Acts 1, it describes the gathering in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. The disciples had witnessed the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, and now they were waiting eagerly for the empowering of the Holy Spirit that was promised. And the Bible says in Acts 1.14, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers even now Mary is a believer, not just because she born, she was able to produce Jesus Christ born in a manger, but now Jesus is born in her heart. And by the way, notice who else is in that upper room, Jesus' brothers. One of the reasons I know the proofs to me that Jesus was who he said he was, his own brothers came to believe in who he was. When you grow up with somebody, you know whether they're the real deal or not. Mary loved and sparkled for Jesus at his conception, his birth, his ministry, his crucifixion. And now she sparkles at his resurrection. And so now we see that Joseph and Mary, Joseph, the earthly caretaker of God, Mary, his mother, their work, their love, their story, their sparkling has been vindicated. Their son was alive forevermore. And Mary went to her grave knowing that Jesus would carry her out of hers. Do you understand that yourself watching online, those of you in this room? See, Mary understood that Jesus was not just her son. Jesus was her savior. The child that she delivered is now going to deliver her. So I'll ask you the question, is he your savior? Is he your king? This season, if you will allow him to be born in your heart, not just in a manger in Bethlehem, allow him to be born in your heart, he'll change your heart. He'll change your ambition. He'll change your condition. Most of all, he will change your eternal location if you do what the Bible says. Believe, repent, confess, and go all in through baptism. That's what it means to sparkle for eternity. I mentioned at the beginning of my message that Jesus borrowed many things in his life. And as we move into our communion time here in just a moment, Jesus broke some bread in the upper room. Do you realize that that was a borrowed room? The very room that we, Jesus broke bread and washed his disciples' feet, that was a borrowed room too. He rode in on a donkey and the message he sent to his disciples, tell them, if anybody asks you, tell them the Lord needs it. Do you have something that the Lord needs that he wants to borrow to bless someone else?